Hey everybody, what's going on? It is Lyle Lewis, a.k.a. Sean Lou, coming at you one more time with another podcast where I will be rendering the Word of God, where I will be giving words of encouragement, where I will just be talking to you guys about, you know, you know what the Lord has laid on my heart to talk to you about. Again, I am a minister that is at the Word Evangelistic Church where my pastor is, the Prophet Willis C. Townsend. My co-pastor is Prophet Sinise Townsend. We're located in Chicago, Illinois. Check us out on our podcast. Uh, we do, well, not podcast. I'm sorry. I do the podcast. Uh, my pastor does the uh, streamline on YouTube. Uh, and, you know, of course, we still have our broadcast on television. Check your local listings. Maybe we're out there where you guys are. Um, if not, like I said, you can always look us up online, check us out on YouTube. Um, you can check us out, you know, Google us, whatever we're on the web. So just check us out anyways. Uh, you know, I just wanted just to talk to you guys a little bit about the Lord put on my heart to talk to you guys about love today. And the reason why I want to talk to you guys about love is because a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of pastors out there that are not talking about love in the correct way. You get what I'm saying? The only thing they're saying is God is love. The only thing they're saying is that, you know, God loves us and, and God, we're God's children. And, you know, uh, you know, so the, the Lord so loved the world. He gave his only for only begotten son. And, you know, everything is love as far as only forgiveness and God being love as far as, you know, and, and this is the part. This is the part where a lot of pastors go wrong. Where they, you know, you got a lot of these pastors out there who are basically saying God loves the sinner but hates the sin. Now, don't get me wrong. While that is true, these pastors aren't going the distance of saying so since God loves the sinner, you need to get saved because while God loves you. In being a sinner, he still doesn't accept you. You get what I'm saying? Because what happens is is there's a reason why the Bible tells us. There's a reason why Jesus told Nicodemus in the Bible. He said, marvel not, you must be born again. So what does that mean? That doesn't mean that God is just going to accept you as you are per se in salvation. God accepts you as you are to get saved. Let me break that down. I know that, that was kind of confusing what i said so let me break it down all sinners are always told come as you are to god that is a true statement come as you are if you still curse you still smoke you still this you still that come as you are don't uh, well when i get this cursing problem under control when i learn when i when i finally you know get over this smoking addiction and no come to god now even with the smoking addiction you know what I'm saying? Even with the even fornicating, you're fornicating, you're committing adultery, come to God just the way you are. But first and foremost, you have to come to God with an open heart and a true heart, a heart that is willing, ready and open to accept the word of God. See, God's love is his word. Notice what the Bible said. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's what the Bible says, right? Now, the Bible says there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, which is the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So if God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the Word, get the connection. 
The love of God is in his word. The love of God is through his word. It's not just through forgiveness. It's not just through salvation. Because you got to understand, without the word of God, there is no salvation and there is no forgiveness. And the reason why I tell you that is because it's the word of God that teaches us how to get saved. It's the word of God that teaches us how to maintain our salvation to the end. This is the reason why you got a lot of people that get saved, they don't last. This is the reason why you got a lot of people that get in God, that get out of God. This is the reason why a lot of times you get people who get started in being saved and they're just constantly flip-flopping in and out of the church because A, they don't know how because there's nobody that's teaching them. Pastors nowadays, a lot of them are just telling you, oh, just get saved. Well, that's good, pastor. You're telling me to get saved. How do I stay saved? Is there more to salvation than just getting saved? See, it's not just get saved and that's it. No, you got to get saved. You got to maintain your salvation. See, the love of God stretches forth through the word of God to touch your heart, to touch your mind, to change your life. It's telling you what he, God is telling you what he knows about you. He's not just telling you that he knows you're in sin. He also is telling you that he knows you're depressed. He's also telling you that he knows you're sad. He's also telling you that he knows that you're confused. He's telling you, I know you're crazy. I know these things. It's okay. Come on. I'll fix it. Just come to me. Put your faith and your trust in everything in me and I'll take care of you. We'll fix that problem. This is the reason why the Bible, why, why the Bible says, come, let us reason together. God is constantly has his arms stretched out to sinners. So yes, he does love the sinner. But here's the thing. You have to A, love yourself, and B, you got to love God. You got to love yourself enough to tell yourself the truth. You need something better. Then you need to love God and open your arms up to God and say, Lord, here I come. So you got to understand, Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of us. All of us. I don't care who you are, what sex you are. I don't care what sex you identify yourself as. I don't care what race you are, what religion you are. I don't care what nationality you are. I don't care your skin color, whatever. God died for all of us. God, I mean, God sent Jesus to die on the cross for all of us. But before Jesus died on the cross, he came teaching and preaching the word of God. He came teaching and preaching the statutes, the ordinances, the commandments, and all these other different kinds of things. That was the love of God right there. Not just in him being on the cross, but also in him going and rendering the word. Not just in him healing the sick and causing the blind to see, but also in him rendering the word of God, breaking the word of God down, delivering the word of God unto the lost sheep of Israel, breaking the word of God down unto his disciples so that when they become apostles, they can go out and teach many other people. A lot of pastors are stepping over the word of God as, as, as the main source of love. The main source of God's love is his word. Why? Without the word, we can't come to God because it's only through the word of God that I'm now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God can't come down and touch your heart. And the, you know what I'm saying? Because notice, I did not say church. God has to come down some kind of way and touch your heart. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be through the word of God. There are those that, you know, God, when he, you know, when he starts to deal with you maybe you're not reading the word of god 
Maybe you have no knowledge of scriptures or anything else. Maybe you've never stepped foot in the church, but for whatever reason, God came to you. Hey, that's why I said nine times out of ten. There are those select few where God will come down and, you know, he'll He'll come and, like, call you. You know what I'm saying? You were chosen, you know, but majority of the time, it's going to be through the word of God. And here's what it is. All the, even with you, even if you didn't know nothing about the word of God before you got saved at all, you never set foot in the church, you never picked up a Bible, you never heard a scripture in your life, but God chose you and called you. Where is he going to call you to? He's going to call you underneath a ministry, underneath a pastor that he ordained that's rendering the word of God. So no matter what happens, you can't escape the word of God. You cannot escape it. The word of God is the most important tool of love from God. The word of God is God's most important, uh, most powerful tool to save, to show his love. Because you got to understand, God tells us all kinds of things through the word of God. He tells us he'll never leave us or forsake us. He tells us to try him and not not test him, but try him. Meaning that when we're going through something and we need to like, just really like put like, okay, Lord, I need to know if you're there. Okay, put all faith and trust in everything in God and let him show you that he's there. You know what I'm saying? That's what he means by try him. Test him, it's like a sample. Like make, you know what I'm saying? Like you go to a store, you've been to grocery stores and whatnot and there's somebody there that's like, oh yeah, would you like to try these new chips we got out? Or, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to sell these new steaks. Would you like to, and you go and you pick up a sample on the toothpick and you eat it and you're either like, oh, that's great or it's disgusting, right? That's what God does. God is that guy, that woman who's standing there at this small little kiosk with a little grill and he's just there like hey look i got the word of god hey look if you need help with your mind oh you got, give this a sample give the word of god a sample i guarantee you it can help give this a try oh it'll help oh well you just got to give it time you know it's just like you know what i'm saying in a sense it's like medication you know what i'm saying all medications don't work instantly some medications take time you get some medications will work the day you start using, they start working and they work hard and they work fast and they work effectively. And you got some medications, the doctor tell you before you can see any results, you may have to take this for a week or even a month to help it get into your system and get to circulating through your system properly so that it can have the proper effects to the fullest extent. But you also gotta understand when you're dealing with God, God is going to do things in his time, not yours. You just got to be patient and let God do his thing. But God said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. He said, you're going to go through the water. You shall not drown. You walk through the fire. You won't be burned. In other words, God is constantly giving you promise after promise after promise that he's going to be there. But how is he giving it to you? He's not coming down telling you. No, he's coming down giving him through your word. Through that Bible that you've got stuffed in a corner somewhere collecting dust. The Bible that you've got tucked in, tucked in a drawer somewhere that you never, that every time you see it, you just push it to the side. That same Bible that is in every hotel room, that same Bible that you see a lot of people carrying that they never read, that same Bible that all the promises, all the love, all the understanding, knowledge, and wisdom of God is in there. And there's so much that can be brought out if you're under the right kind of pastor. And when I say the right kind of pastor, I mean the only kind of pastor that God would ordain to come to you to teach you the word of God. I always say this. You got to get under the right pastor. You got to get under the right man of God. You got to get right under the right spiritual leader. One that is in tune and connected with God. The reason why I keep saying this is for new listeners. 
When I tell them, when I say you got to get to hear the right kind of teaching, you got to get under the right pastor, you got new members and not new members, but new listeners who are like, what is the right pastor? What is the right kind of teaching? The right pastor is one that is connected to God. The right kind of teaching is a pastor that's going to teach you the truth of the word of God. What does it mean? Meaning if, you, if, if the Bible talks on fornication, the Bible, hey, this pastor is talking on fornication and he's preaching against it because the Bible is against it. If the Bible says, hey, um, being a lesbian and being a homosexual is wrong, that pastor is telling you, hey, being a lesbian and being a homosexual is wrong. If the Bible is telling you to pay a tenth out of the gross, then the pastor is telling you pay a tenth out of the gross. And they are sticking with what the word of God says. And they are elaborating on the scriptures and they're breaking them down so that you can have a further understanding and the knowledge. And most importantly, they're living the lifestyle to back up what they teach. They're saved. They're trying to tell you to get saved. And you can see that they're saved. You see their lifestyle. They're not somebody who has stuff to hide. No, their lifestyle is laid out in the open. They come to church and, hey, they set a good example. They're to church and, you know, they're coming to church and conducting business the way that a man of God or a man of, uh, a man of, man of, woman, a man of God or a woman of God should. And they're conducting business the way that God told them to conduct business. They're not keeping things in the secret. God doesn't keep things done in secret or keep things done in the dark. He may not necessarily reveal everything unto man, but there's nothing that's necessarily done in secret. In other words, when it's God's time for it to happen, the pastor will bring it out and say, hey, look, it's time for such and such and such. We got to move in this direction. We got to do this and we got to do that. A pastor that doesn't have three, four, five different uh, wives and ex-wives in the church. A pastor that doesn't have it where he's got a wife and several other little baby mamas and several other children throughout it. No, 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 no. A pastor who has a good reputation is one you need to follow. One that is teaching the word of God the way that it's supposed to be taught, without cutting corners, without taking bribes, without having it be where he's trying to please the people. Because I'm telling you right now, any pastor that's out there trying to please the people, any pastor that's taking bribes, any pastor that's taking the church's money and has nothing to show for it, that's not a man of God. That's not a man that God sent to lead the flock. And you have every right to get up and walk out of that church. You've got every right to ask that pastor, where are my tithes going? If I'm paying my tithes to you, where are they going? At our church, hey, our pastor tell you, this is where your money's going. We don't have to ask. He tells us. You pay your tithes, here's where the money's going. We see it because he's using that money to pay for the telecast that air. He's using that money to help go on the streamline on YouTube so that then this way we can help get the word out. Like the Bible said, go ye into all the world. That's what our pastor's doing. He's putting the money in the church account. He's not touching it. And you're looking like, well, how do you know this? I can speak well on the man because I've worked with him. I can speak well on the man because he constantly broadcasts his report. And he has several people around him who will verify, yes, that report is true. So you got to understand when I get it, when I became a part of the church, I didn't just say I'm going to become a part of this church and just I'm just going to sit in the back of the church and, you know, wait for the. No, 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 uh, -uh Lord. I need to know some stuff. 
What's going on with the pastor? What's going on with the money? Why are we paying all this money? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? What's going on here? What's going on there? God made sure to reveal it to me. He showed it to me. Hey, look, this is where your money's going. Here's what the pastor's doing. Here's what's going on. These are the funds of the church. Here's what's going on with this. That's what's going on with that. And then after he shows me everything and I find no fault with it, which I never have, I've never found any fault with anything that my church or my pastor has ever done, then through and by the Holy Ghost, he says, you should become a part of all of this. Then you won't have to question. Why is it that I brought I went off into that broad spectrum of what the pat what you know of, of what does that have to do with love? Basically, that, that's the question. What does that have to do with love? When God puts you somewhere, he reveals all things to you so that you can be relaxed. Let me ask you a question. Mom, dad, and I'm talking I'm talking to the good parents. All due, you know, I'm talking to the good parents, the parents that go out and work hard for their kids, or the the wife that works hard for her husband, the husband that works hard for his wife. When you go out there and you put forth your living, or you wake up in the morning and you run the home, whatever it is that you do and however it is that you do it, are you doing it uh, just because, or are you doing it to try to help bring some kind of ease and comfort to those that are around you? You're trying to make sure that your kids live the best life that they can live. You're trying to make sure that your wife is, is comfortable and living the best life that she can live. You're trying to make sure that your husband, when he comes home from work, hey, he's relaxed and he can get in, you know, he can come home and know that, you know, he's this is this is his home, his castle, his place. You know, you're, you, you, you get what I'm saying? Why are you doing that? Why? Because you love those individuals. You love your kids, so therefore you want them to have the best stuff. You love your husband, so therefore you're going to put forth the best foot that you can as a wife to make sure that he's, if he needs anything, you're there for him. If he, if he needs your help, if he's, you know, hungry, whatever, you've got him taken care of. You love your wife, so you make sure that, hey, the bills are paid, uh, 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 food is in the house, the, you know, if the kids have necessities, you're on top of it. Whatever's going on in the house, something needs to be fixed, something needs to be uh, 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 researched or whatever the case may be. Hey, you're on it. Hey, I'll get on the phone. I'll find out this and that. You're the one with the answers. Why? Because you love your family. You don't want them to worry. You don't want them to be outdoors. You don't want them to struggle because you love them, right? It's the same way with God. When you got to go to a church and you got to sit up and wonder and this and that, that and this, and you're getting no answers. Yeah. But when you can go to a church where all the church business is open in public, where all the church business is like, hey, look, here's what this is where the money's going. This is what we're doing. Here's the projects we got going on. Here's where the, and look at the growth that's going on with it. Look at how we're moving forward with it. The Lord took it and blessed it, gave me the plan. I need members to help me get into and I mean, it's open and, and, and everybody is like, you know what I'm saying? That's the love of God also. See, like I said, so many pastors, the only thing they want to talk about is of, of forgiveness because the only thing that they know of to talk about is God's forgiveness. But they don't even know to talk about that because if they really wanted to talk about forgiveness, the first thing they would tell you is you got to get saved. Nicodemus came to Christ by night trying to talk to him about a bunch of goofiness and nonsense. The first thing that Jesus Christ told him, marvel not, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You want salvation? You want to know how I'm doing what I'm doing? You want to know why I got the real thing? You got to be born again first. He told him that twice. 
He preached salvation to all kinds of people and then told his apostles to go out and preach salvation to the people. Get them in Christ. Get them, draw them to me, draw them to God. They felt the love through the Holy Ghost. They felt the love through the teaching. They felt the love through the miracles. Not just somebody telling them that God is love. See, a lot of times, and I say this to you members and to you people who just go to church. Stop being happy with the easy answer. You go to church and you hear the pastor get up there and say, God is love. Well, that's good enough for me. No. Then you want to go run around talking about God is love. So that then this way you feel as though you're because you feel as though you're justified in your mess. No, that is not a means of justification. When, when the pastor tells you that that's not a means of justification. And if the pastor is using that as a means of justification, nine times out of 10, he's probably not teaching you properly because any pastor would tell you God is love, but they would finish the statement to those who are saved. God is a love to the sinners also, but you got to understand the Bible says, I honor them that honor me. But he says his hands are stretched out to you sinners and backsliders and whatnot. In other words, he's like, yeah, y'all come on, y'all come on. But at the same time, I'm only going to tend to my kids. I'll put it to you like this. Let's say that, you know, think back to a lot of us, a lot, not, not all of us, but a lot of us. Think back to when we were kids, when we were younger, in high school, little kids, whatever. And we had that friend that when we went over to their house, or maybe we were that friend, that everybody would come over to our house. And, you know, when we came, when, when we went to that person's house, when everybody came to our house, that parent, be it our parent, the friend's parent, whatever, there was a parent there that when the kids came in, hey, they were treated like family, Right? You come in, she's trying to feed you, you know, dad's in there trying to crack jokes, you know, they're making it a real nice, relaxing environment and whatnot for all the friends that come in and whatnot, all the family and whatnot. You're, you're sitting in there, you're looking at family members come by, you're looking at friends and like you just feel right at home. You don't feel awkward. You don't feel out of place. This is like, man, it's like a second home, right? But anybody that's outside walking up and down the street, are you, you think they're going to, the, the, does that mother go and feed them and treat? Nope. Why? Because they don't know them. They're outside. They treat all the people inside the house like family. That's the same analogy that I'm using now. All the children that are in the house, God is like, hey, I'll take care of you. Hey, you want this? All right, let's do that. Oh, you want to go do that? Okay, well, let's make this happen. And let's, But you being outside, he's like, hey, I love you, but you got to come in. I need to know that you're a part of us. If you're not a part of us, then, I mean, I love you. I want you to be a part of us. But, I mean, right now you're on your own. Right now, until you come in. Until you come in. You're on your own. It's the same way. God is that, that, that one parent that everybody wants to be over. God is that one parent like everybody loves. Like they, like, I mean, I love going to such and such house. Man, his parents are always feeding us. And his dad is funny. His mom is crazy. And his sisters. And you know what I'm saying? They like, every time you go over to this person's house, you don't go over to their house. You hear that you didn't miss something. You get what I'm saying? Like this was that. That's how it is with God. He loves everybody. But he's only going to show love. He's going to show love in different ways to those in the house and those out of the house. There's many different ways he's going to show love to you all out of the house. 
But here's the thing. When the time comes that it's time for you to be called home, you know what I'm saying? When it comes time for, you know, comes time for you to die. Those that are in the house are going to be the ones that are taken care of. Those out of the house, well, you're just, you, 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 you're just screwed. Why? Because he kept the door open. God kept the door open. He go, hey, look, y'all come on in. Come on. Hey, y'all want to eat? Come on in. Y'all want to have some fun? Come on in. You need a shower? Come on in. You know what I'm saying? You just need some place to hang out? Come on in. That's how God is. God has just got all his doors open. Doors, windows. He's got all kinds of stuff open. He's like, hey, I just want y'all to come on in. Y'all come on in. Hey, come on in. Come on in. But he tells you that he tells you how to come in. When you get to the door, he's like, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm glad that you're coming in. But first, you got to wipe your feet. When you come in, then you got to take your shoes off. After you take your shoes off, go take you a shower. When you take you a shower, go do such and such and go eat. Go do this. Go do that. After that. It's the same way when we were kids. Hey, yeah, that we love being over that parent's house. But hey, we put our feet up on the table. Boy, get your feet off my table. You know what I'm saying? We go walking in such such room. Ah, 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 ah. Not in that room. That room is off limits. You know the rules. It's, no, no boys and girls rooms. Nope, not in this house. No girls and boys rooms. You take your fast tail downstairs. Right? That's how it was. So understand, just to wrap it up. The love of God, first and foremost, comes through the word of God. Because the word of God is what has to reach you to help you to get saved. Can God reach you? Yeah, he can. His spirit can touch you in any kind of way. But it's only through and by the word. One way or another, you cannot escape the word of God. Be it God draws you through the word of God. Or be it God draws you through the spirit of God. When you get in salvation, he's going to give you the word. If he drew you through the word, he's going to give you the word. In other words, he's going to keep pumping the word into you. That's him pumping love into you. That's him pumping love into you. Well, but the word of God is rebuking me. The word of God is, is, is always telling me that I'm doing wrong because the word of God has to help you come to the knowledge of what's right and what's wrong in areas of what you didn't of areas of what you didn't know or areas of what you're kind of locked into. All due respect, we'll say it like this, and then you know we're gonna go ahead and, and shut it down. Let's say, for example, you're somebody who's shacking up. What does the word shacking mean? Meaning you're living with somebody, but you're not married to them. You're 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 like living with your fiance, or you're living with your boyfriend, you're living with your girlfriend, or a friend with benefits, or whatever the hell you know. You're shacking with this person. You're living with them. You're having sex with them. Basically, you're playing house. That's basically what shacking means: playing house, but you're not married. Playing house, but you're not married. All right. If you're married and playing house, that's, that's, that's wrong too. But that's, that's a message for another day. But let's say you're somebody that's shacking, right? Now, like I said, you come to Christ as you are. You come to God as you are, okay? Oh, well, you know, I got to get rid of this man or woman. You come to God as you are. All right? Don't worry about getting them rid of them yet. You come to God as you are, okay? Now, you come to God as you are. Now, like I said, whether he drew you through the word or through his spirit, he gets you you know, in the body of Christ, okay? Not in the building, meaning not in the church. No, he actually gets you saved and your soul is redeemed and, and set aside for salvation, for redemption, for when God comes back, he can come and claim it. Now, as time goes on, 
The word of God is going to come to you and say, hey, look, fornication is wrong. But you may say, okay, fornication is wrong. Okay, so I'm going to stop having sex with my boyfriend. I'm going to stop having sex with my girlfriend. I'm going to stop having sex with my fiance. All right. But then he comes back in another message or in the same message, it says living together and not being married is wrong. first thing you're going to try to figure out is what's wrong with that i mean we're going to get married god is telling you either get married or y'all got to y'all got to separate until you do get married well how is that love because at first you didn't know it was wrong you thought that it was okay that to be you know you thought that living with your your future spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend was okay but god's coming and telling you that it's wrong you didn't know it was wrong. Now, here's where a lot of people go wrong. You find out that it's wrong. And you are, now you're at the fork in the road and you take the wrong turn. No. Whatever, that, whatever the word of God tells you to do, do it. It's for your benefit. See, a lot of people get to that fork in the road. Okay. They're telling me that living with my, 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 my future husband, my future wife is wrong. Why? You know, the word of God didn't break down to me why it's wrong. For those of you who are wondering why it's wrong, it brings temptation. And God doesn't want you to be tempted with fornication. All right. But let's just say that that wasn't brought out in the message. Okay. You were just told not to fornicate and not to be living with uh, somebody you're not married with. Right. You're not don't don't have sex with somebody you're not married to and don't live with nobody you're not married to that you intend to marry. Or you know what I'm saying? Well, you're, you know, Satan is going to instantly try to brood up questions. Well, why? Well, well, he's got a wife. She's got a wife. Why would they tell you that? I mean, hell, they're having sex. What's wrong with you having sex? You're not hurting nobody. You're not this. You're not that. You're at that fork in the road. Go in the right direction. That's where the love of God is, in the right direction. Not you, well, I'm going to do this anyways. You're headed in the wrong direction. Then when things start working wrong for you, well, why would this happen to me? Well, let's find out. When the word of God told you to do and not to do, what did you do? Did you go along with the word of God or did you oppose the word of God? See, these things matter. You go against the word of God and God is going to come and he's going to come at you. But I thought God was love. He is love. But just like any parent that loves their child, when they break the rules, doesn't the parent come after him? If that parent sets a curfew and that child breaks the curfew, isn't that parent waiting up for that child? When that child gets home, isn't that child going to either, if, if nothing else, he's going to get an earful and, and, and grounded. If nothing else, back in the day when I was a kid, we got beat. It was like you didn't you you walked in the house and all the lights were off. You know what I'm saying? So then this way you didn't see from what direction the belt was being swung. Okay? You're like when you thought that they were hiding behind the door, you look behind the door, they're jumping off the couch. You get what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Like, you know, it was crazy. But nonetheless, the point is is that when the rules were broke, consequences came. You get what I'm saying? And the consequences, while you may, while when we were kids, we did not understand it. The consequences were for our protection. The consequences were for us to learn. The consequences were for us to grow to understand the love that they have for us, the concern that they have for us. Yeah, don't get me wrong. When you got a belt being slapped against your back, you don't understand. You're not looking at that as love. But when you grow up. 
and you turn out to be a decent adult. You get kids of your own. You see it. You turn you like you grow to see what it was that your parents were trying to protect you from. You start to see what it was, you know what I'm saying? You see how you grew up, and you grew up as a very decent young man, young woman. And you see other people out there like, why didn't I turn out like that? You had parents that 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 steered you in the right direction. Same way with God. It's like sheep. We're all sheep. If you get a sheep, you watch somebody who's herding sheep. You get a sheep starts walking or just for whatever reason, it just starts veering off to the left or the right away from the herd. You get the that shepherd or whoever, they, they're, they're, they're on it. They're running over there. Hey, look, you know, if they got to grab that bad boy by the, by, by the, uh, by the, Wool fur, whatever it is. If they gotta grab it and throw them into, hey, whatever it takes. They grab the crook. They they yank them. You know what I'm saying? They just they just grab them. Get over here. You know it's like, hey, you know, whatever it takes. But notice that lamb didn't wander off and get eaten by wolves. It didn't wander off and get eaten by lions, bears, or whatever is out there in the wilderness. It's safe with the rest of the herd. It's safe under the watchmen uh, of the flock. That's the same way that God does. Yes, he will punish us. Yes, he'll whoop us. Yes, and spiritually speaking. But here's the thing. There's no telling how God will do it. But you got to understand, if you read the word of God and you have somebody, you have a spiritual leader who can teach you the word of God, they can break down the word of God to you to help you to understand what's going on, why it's happening. But you have to submit to the love of God, which is the word of God. Be obedient to the word of God. Be obedient to what God's to, to God's love. God's love is the rules, his ordinances, his statutes, his commandments. That's God's love because he wants you in heaven. He wants you saved. He wants you in heaven. He wants you where he is. But you have to want it. And that's why he gives you his word. So that you can make a choice. This is Reverend Lewis. AKA Sean Lou signing off. Y'all take care. God bless. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Sean Lou, AKA Reverend Lewis, coming at you with another podcast. And I am coming at you just uh, happy just to always be before you all and talking to you all. And I'm thanking everybody, all of my listeners, all the fans. The people who have uh, uh, liked me as far as like, you know, you made my podcast like one of your when I put something on the moment it hits the it's the podcast scene. You're one of the first ones to know. By all means, I ask the rest of you, hey, if you're listening, click the like button on me or, you know, whatever it is, preferred or favorite or whatever it is, you know, thumbs up me. Uh, I'd much appreciate it. I'm only just trying to give you all the truth of what the word of God has said. And, you know, uh, just, hey, just doing what the Bible said and committing what I've been taught unto faithful men and spreading the gospel and so forth and so forth. So, but as you all know, I come from the word evangelistic church where my pastor is Prophet Willis E. Townsend. My co-pastor is Prophet Denise Townsend. We are on YouTube. We are, check us out on Google. You'll find every other avenue where we are. You'll find a location where we are here in Illinois. Um, hey man, by all means, check us out. If you like what I'm selling you, if you like the stuff that I preach, you love what my pastor preached to you because I learned from him. I learned how to break down the word of God from a man who knows how to break down the word of God, you know. So by all means, you know, keep listening to me. Tune into my pastor. Hey, it's all good. But we're going to go ahead and go on with this lesson. 
Now, today's lesson, I'm coming from the scripture, um, Daniel's 9 and 4. And it says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and made confession, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Now, the question that I want to ask behind this, which will be the topic for today's podcast, is where is this side of God? Now, I want you to let that marinate for just a quick second. Where is this side of God? Now, a lot of you are asking, what do you mean, which side of God? The side of God where Daniel said, oh, Lord. The great and dreadful God. Now, I've read throughout the Bible many different times, especially in the Old Testament, where uh, he talks about a jealous God, an angry God, a dreadful God, a fearful God, all these other kinds of, you know what I'm saying? Like, where, like there's a really angry side of God. And then I read in the book, I read throughout the New Testament where Paul tells us it's, it's a horrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. And we read in the book of Revelations how all these people are being cast into hell. And you know what I'm saying? We read how Jesus said that, you know, uh, 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 Jesus talks about judgment and he talks about, you know, so if if there is a side of God that pronounces judgment now, mind you, I, you know what I'm saying? Let's get one thing straight because I want people, like I said, I want to teach you the truth and I want to teach you the truth to with the fullness of the understanding of the word of God. Now understand like Jesus Christ said, he said, it's not I that judge, but it's the word, the same shall judge you. So this is the reason why I chose this scripture because it brings out the fullness of what I'm trying to ask. Where is this side of God? The great and dreadful God, the angry God, the side of God that will cast you into hell. Where is that side? And when I ask where is that side, I don't mean it like where is that side of God in today's time. I mean, where is this side of God in the church? Why isn't this side of God being preached to the people in church? Why is it that it's only just the one side of God that's being preached that God is love, God is understanding, God is forgiveness, God is long suffering? Why isn't anyone telling us about the fearful, the dreadful, the jealous side of God? Why isn't anybody telling us that God is a God of wrath and God is a God who, you know, will pronounce judgment and bring curses and this and that, that and this? Because these are all the things that were in the Old Testament. And the Bible tells me that all of these things that are in the Bible were written for our ammunition, which means they're written for our reference and they're written for our understanding. They're written for our learning. They're written so that we have something to look back on and something that a format to go by of how we're supposed to conduct ourselves and do things. So if all of these things were written in the Bible for our understanding. Why isn't it that today's time these things aren't being preached in the church? See, a lot of times you get where these pastors are not preaching this because it's not a money-making subject. These are the types of subjects that run people out of the church because people don't want to come to church and they don't want to hear that God is a God of wrath and anger because that automatically tells them that they have to get their life right or else they're going to hell. People don't want to hear that. They want to be able to live in, in, in like, the, like the Bible says, preach unto us smooth things. That's what they told the prophets in the Old Testament. Don't preach unto us these harsh things. Preach unto us smooth things. In other words, tell us things that we want to hear. Which even in today's time, it said in the New Testament that people will leave the truth and go after these teachers of having itching ears. You know what I'm saying? They'll turn their truth, they'll turn their ears from the truth, and they'll turn to fables that they may believe a lie. People want to believe that everything is going to be okay. People want to believe that um, 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 there's no judgment that's going to come. That only the really, really bad people are going to hell. Don't get me wrong. 
the really, really bad people, of course, are going to hell. But here's another set of people that are going to hell. The good people. What do you mean the good people? People who are just good people, but they're not saved. The Bible told me, look at even in this scripture, it said, look at, listen to the whole thing. It says, and I prayed unto the Lord, my God, and made confessions and said unto the, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God. Now, listen to the next part. This is the part of, this is the one. These are the people that God will bring into heaven. It said, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him. And to them that keep his commandments would mean follow the word of God. You got so many churches are not telling these people you have to live according to the word of God if you want to make it into heaven. Well, what about the people that love him? If you love God, you're going to follow the word of God. That's automatic. But the reason why Daniel put in here those that love him and to those that keep his commandments is because you do have those who it's not to say that they don't love God, but they keep the commandments out of fear. They keep the commandments because they don't want to get on God's bad side, which don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's necessarily good, but I mean, you got a better shop of, of, of getting into heaven because you can always at least you can always at least say, Lord, I followed your word. I did what you told me to do. But if you're keeping his commandments you'll still make it in heaven because god tells you how you're supposed to conduct yourself in love towards him and towards other people and so forth and so forth so either way whether you're just somebody that loves god or whether you're somebody who's keeping his commandments you're going to do it all because all of it is engrafted into serving god no matter which way you look at it providing you're taught providing you are following the word of god the way that it tells you to follow the word of God. So you can't go according to your own understanding. I will always say this. You cannot go according to your own understanding because it says it in the Bible. Lean not unto your own understanding. But so many people want to lean to their own understanding and think that they can make it in their own kind of way. You can't. It says to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. You got to keep the word of God and you got to keep the whole. The Bible said eat the whole roll. John said I ate the whole roll. You know what I'm saying? When he said, when the Lord handed me the scriptures, I handed me the scroll, I ate it. I ate the whole roll. You get what I'm saying? So, if you have to eat the whole roll, excuse the noise in the background, uh, but if you have to eat the whole roll of the word of God, then that means you can't leave out the bits and the parts and the pieces of what you think you don't need to do and leave out the bits and the parts and the pieces of what you think that you can excuse or leaving the bits and the parts of the pieces that you want to come up to. You got to do the whole thing. You got to give the whole shebang. God said, love, serve me with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, not just part of it. And that's what a lot of people want to do. They just want to serve God with just a part, a portion of their heart, a portion of their lifestyle, a portion of their mind. No, we have to walk closely with God. As closely as close can be, we have to be there walking with God with the, the whole way. You get what I'm saying? Not just part of the way, because part of the way doesn't get it. But you have it where, like I said, you get it where so many of these churches are not teaching the people that. And if they're not teaching the people that you have to go the whole way with God, you have to walk the whole way with God. You got to give God all that you have. You have to love God and serve him through and by his word and do what God tells you to do from the word of God. They're not teaching you the whole set. If they're not teaching you about this dreadful side of God, they're not giving you the fullness of the truth. They're only giving you a partial portion of the Bible, which means they're not teaching you to the fullest. 
When you go to church, you're being taught. You're going to church to be taught the fullness of God, not a portion of God. So many people made it up to heaven. They didn't make it into heaven. They made it up to heaven, made it to the gates and was turned around. They're trying to figure out, well, why am I being turned around? I went to church. I, I was living according to what I was taught. Well, your pastor didn't teach you the fullness of everything. And here's the thing. If you're not being taught the fullness of things, then that means there's a lot of things that you're missing. Let me ask you a question. When you go to work and you don't know how to do certain things on your job, can you perform your job correctly? If you don't have all the tools or all the resources that you need to complete a task, can you complete the task? It's the same way with God. If you don't have all the knowledge and all of this and all of that, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people will say, well, you know, if I don't know, the Bible said without, and if I have no knowledge of God, then there is no sin. Yeah, but the Bible, this is the reason why the Bible also told you to go and study for yourself. So then this way, everybody's covered. There is nobody who will be able to go before God and use the excuse, well, Lord, I didn't know, because God's going to still turn around and ask you, didn't I tell you to go and study for yourself? Didn't I tell you to go and search the scriptures? But you have where so many times, so many people, they're not, they're either not reading the Bible or they're trying to read the Bible and skip over parts that they don't understand or parts that they don't think is convenient or parts that they don't think uh, pertain to them. You can't skip over any part of the Bible. Every part of the Bible is for you. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if it's talking about homosexuals. I don't care if it's talking about murderers. I don't care if it's talking about liars. You can be the best person in the world. If you're not saved, you're still not on your way to heaven. And you got to where so many times people die. And the first thing everybody will say is, oh, they're up there in heaven. They're looking down. They're in a better place. Not necessarily. A lot of these people who were preached into heaven at these funerals are actually down there looking up, praying that you don't come down there with them. They're praying, hey, find another church that's going to teach you the fullness of the word of God. This pastor isn't teaching you nothing. They're praying, get out of this lust. Get out of this adultery. Stop with all the lesbian. You, you know all due respect. Look, I don't say this because I hate anybody who is a lesbian or hate anybody who's a homosexual. I don't hate anybody. I love you all. But this is the reason why I'm giving you the truth. I'm not trying to be your enemy. I'm just giving you the truth, what the Bible says. Now, if you don't want to believe what the Bible says, unfortunately, this is what you're one of the people that falls into this category because you're one of the people who don't want to believe that there's a dreadful side of God. You're one of the people who don't want to believe that there's a side of God that 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 will look at his word and say, OK, you didn't come up to what I told you in the word off to hell you go. Yes, God is a God of love. He is a God of understanding, but this is the reason why he has sent his word because he does love you enough to where he wants you with him. But you have to come up to, we have to get to God. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. We got to get to God. God doesn't have to come to us. We're trying to get to where God is. You get to where, okay, I'll put it to you like this. For those of you out there who are trying to reach for uh, success and reach for like riches and whatever it is that you're, you're trying to reach for some ultimate goal. Notice the goal doesn't fall to you. You have to come up to the goal. You get what I'm saying? You When you run a race, you, the, 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 the finish line doesn't come to you. You have to reach the finish line. No matter what it is that you got to endure, no matter what it is that you got to go through, you have to get to the finish line. 
If you're somebody who, you know, let's say, for instance, you wanted to be a doctor, okay? The, 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 the doctor degree does not come and just fall in your lap with your name on it saying that you're a doctor. No, you have to go through the studying. You have to go through the years of schooling. You have to take the test. You got to put in the, 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 the hours of service at these hospitals and clinics and all this other kind of stuff. You have to learn this stuff and come up to it. It's the same way with God. We want to make it to heaven. It's not that heaven has to come to us. No, we are trying to get to heaven. So therefore, if we need to get to heaven, if we want to make it to heaven, then we need to learn the fullness of God so that we can make sure that there's nothing that keeps us from entering into those gates. See, it's not just sin that's going to keep us in to uh, uh, keep us out of, of, of making it into heaven. It's also a lack of knowledge that's going to keep us out of making it into heaven. You want to know why is a lack of knowledge? You want to know why a lack of knowledge? Because... There's a lot of people out there who are rejecting knowledge. And there's a lot of people out there who just don't have the knowledge. You know what I'm saying? But because they don't have the knowledge, they don't know that, they, that there's other things that they should be doing. They don't know that there's other things and other steps that they need to take. They don't know that there's other ways that, need to, uh, uh, that they need to go around things. They just think that it's just a straight shot and they're just doing whatever it is that they were told to do. They're not trying to find God for themselves. They're not trying to study for themselves. They're not trying to look into the word of God for themselves. They're just going by face value of what they were told. And if by going by face value of what they were told, they're missing out on a lot of things. See, I'm not saying that God won't have mercy on those, but you got to understand God will have mercy on who he will have mercy on. See, after you serve God, it says to, uh, to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, those that love God and those that keep his commandments, the first thing God's going to look at is your heart. And, and, and he's going to know. And the first thing I, I can already hear a lot of you now, well, the Lord knows my heart. So the Lord knows this, that, that, and this. God does know your heart. And even if you are a good person who is saved and you're not being taught the fullness and you're not seeking after God the way that you should be, I can't necessarily say you're going to heaven. But you also got to understand, like I told you before, God told you to search the scriptures for yourself. We can't just always rely on the pastors. Even our pastor at, at, at my church, he tells us all the time, y'all should be studying for yourselves. You know what I'm saying? You should be studying for yourselves. You should be seeking after God for yourselves. Because there's a lot of time the word of God may deal with you. You know what I'm saying? The pastor may preach something and and, 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 and and the word of God might deal with you. And then behind the word of God dealing with you, the, 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 the word of God that's being preached by your pastor who should be in tune with God, who uh, 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 should be preaching you the fullness of the truth of the word of God, will come behind what you didn't study, deal with you even deeper and give you greater understanding and knowledge so that you can move on to perfection. But if you're not getting the fullness of the knowledge, you can't move on to perfection. It's just like an athlete. You can know how to play basketball, football, uh, 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 soccer, uh, uh, hockey all day long. You can know it. But if you don't practice, if you don't uh, seek ways to get better at the sport, if you don't practice, if you don't run the plays, you're just somebody who knows how to play. You're just somebody who knows what the materials are that you use. You know what a puck is. You know what a ball is. You know what a, a field goal is. You know what a punt is. You know the terminology. You know that they, you know just enough to get by. But you'll go to practice 
You got so many athletes, they'll go to practice. And then after they go to practice, they go home and they do even more practice on their own so that they can be the best that they can be. It's the same with us that are saved. It shouldn't just be that we're just in church and that's as far as we go. It's like, okay, yeah, well, you know, uh, I done read, you know, I done heard the pastor preach. No, we're supposed to come home and study. So that then this way we can be sure to escape this dreadful, fearful, angry side of God. Stay out of sin, not just when we're in church, but stay out of sin Monday through Friday when we're not in church. On Saturday when we're not in church. Sunday after church, we need to stay out of sin. We need to live up to the standard, not just be holy in church when we're standing before the pastor, when we're standing in the sanctuary before all the other people that are claiming salvation. No, we need to claim salvation at all times. You got to where a lot of people are out there in the world. They just, hey, on Sunday, they're, they're, they, hey, they're, they're a church going person and they're all about God and they're all about everything that God says. But then come Monday through Saturday, they're living their own life and it doesn't work like that. There's a side of God that gets angry with us. If you read the Bible, look at the book of Judges. The people rose up and did all kinds of things against God. And when they did, notice how God pronounced judgment on them. Notice how God let them go into captivity. Notice how God let a lot of things happen to them that he didn't let happen to them when they were serving him and loving him and doing what he told them to do according to the commandments. And every time they turned away from God, God let them go to where a lot of bad things happened to them. But when they turned their whole heart to God, served God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, gave God the first fruit, gave God the best, did everything that God was asking them to do according to the word of God, notice how he spared them. Notice how he brought them out of captivity. Notice how he saved them from their enemies. Notice how he kept them safe at all times. Notice how he made it to where none of their enemies were able to overtake them, but rather were all, all of them came subject to him, became servants to them, and things like that because God was on their side and you got to where a lot of times today things are happening to people and the first thing they want to ask is well why are these things happening because you're experiencing the dreadful side of God you're experiencing that fearful side of God you're experiencing that angry side of God because you went opposite of what the word of God told you to do this is the reason why you got so many people that go to church and the first thing they want to know is, why is all this thing happening to me? Are you truly serving God? Are you serving God according to his word or according to your feelings, according to his word or according to your convenience, according to his word or according to how you think you should serve God? Because God tells us, it said, it, it, notice what Daniel said, he said, to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. But yet we'll have kids. We, we, when we have children, we have rules and we expect our children to obey these rules. When, when they don't obey the rules, we want to punish them. We want to take stuff away from them. We want to put them in time out. We want to take all that stuff away from them. But then when we don't serve God the way that he wants us to serve him, we get upset. and We go to God. Why are you doing this? Or why is this happening? Or God, how can these things be? Um, well, are you doing the same thing that you expect from your child? If you can pass judgment on your child, you can't go outside, you can't go hang with your friends, you can't do this, you can't have your phone, you can't, no tablets, no video games. If you can pronounce judgment on your kids, if you can uh, 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 enforce rules and enforce punishments on your kids, do you not think that God can't do the same thing to you? Do you not think that he won't do the same thing to you if you're professing to be his child? 
See, you got to where a lot of people are bringing a lot of bad things on themselves because they're not serving God the way that they should be. They're not serving God from their heart. They're not serving God from the word of God the way that he told them to. Rather, instead, they're trying to serve God their own way. They came up with their own system of serving God. There is no other way. There is no other strategy. The word of God laid out everything. That's the way we have to do it. It's not going to be to our convenience. There's a lot of things that's not going to be to our liking. Hey, look, I'll even put myself in there. There's been a lot of times that God told me to do things I didn't really want to do. But because I love God and because I understood the importance of serving God and, and being obedient to his commandments and being obedient to his statutes and ordinances and being obedient to the word of God, I put me on the back burner and I said, Lord, what would you have me to do? There's been a lot of things God told me to stop doing. I didn't want to stop doing. There's been a lot of ways that God told me to stop feeling. I didn't want to stop feeling those ways because there's a lot of things that was pleasing to the flesh. There's a lot of things that was pleasing to the mind. There's a lot of things that were, this was the easy way to go. But God said, that's not the way I want you to go. I want you to go this way. And yeah, it went against how I felt. It went against my convenience. It went against what my flesh wanted me to do. But nonetheless, because I love God and because I wanted to keep God's commandments so that he wouldn't pass judgments on me so that he'll always stay close to me and so that I can know that I'm close to God. I went ahead and did it. And see, this is with a lot of things. Do you know that you're close to God or do you think that you're close to God? If you're not serving God and keeping his commandments and loving God to the fullest, I'm telling you right now, you're, 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 you're not close to God. And the reason why I say you're not close to God is because the Bible said, it said, uh, 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 my sheep hear my voice. And stranger, they will not follow. If you're not, okay, it's just, I'll put it to you like this. Notice how. If you're if you're not standing by your wife or your husband, let's say you're not. Let's say your kids aren't standing by you. Let's say your spouse isn't standing by you. Let's say that your friend isn't standing by you. If somebody's standing in in in, in uh, standing, if you're in one room and, and this person is three four rooms over, and you talk to him like, hey, uh, could you come over here and such and such, such unless you're on the phone or an intercom with them or a walkie talkie and you're talking to them like that, they're not gonna come because they're not gonna hear you. And that's how God talks to us. God doesn't talk to us in a booming voice like he did in the Old Testament. No, God's going to talk to you like you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this in a very calm type of way. That's not very. That's not. I'm not saying this isn't that isn't forceful. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not a forceful way. It's a very inviting way. But it's not forceful. Satan will talk to you in a forceful way. Satan will talk to you loud. Satan will talk to you in a way where it's like he puts a rush on you. He feels as though, you know, Satan puts pressure. God doesn't put pressure on you. He does not put pressure on you. He tells you what he wants you to do and leaves it up to you. Did he put pressure on Adam and Eve? Did he put uh, pressure on Ananias and Sapphire? Did he put pressure on anybody? He didn't put pressure on anybody. He just told him, hey, look, this is what you need to do. This is how I want you to do it. And if you don't do it that way, then here comes the judgment. But Satan will make it to where, oh, no, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. Look, oh, all your friends are going to say this and look at your family. They're going to disown you and this and that, that and this. And how are you going to be able to do this and do that? And, and, and it plays with the mind and this and that, that and this. God's not going to do that. You want to know why? God wants you to serve him from your heart. He wants you to serve him 
willingly. Satan wants you to serve him. He doesn't care if you serve him willingly, forcefully. He doesn't care how you serve him. Satan just wants you to serve him anyway. It doesn't matter. But when you're not being taught properly, Satan's voice can stay dominant in your life. When you're not being taught properly, Satan's voice can be the force, the, the, the voice that is very forceful, that's very, 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 very like present and like overbearing and overpowering. Because the first thing he's always trying to do is just make it to where you, he's just trying to get you to do what he wants you to do. It doesn't matter what it is, just as long as it's opposite and contrary to the word of God. You get what I'm saying? But God is always going to be there to talk to you in a way where it's, 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 he's very loving and very inviting, but not very like, oh, you got to come over here. No, he's just going to tell you, you know, it'd be best that you come to this side. Notice with us that preach the word of God, we're not very forceful with the word of God. We preach with a lot of passion because we're very passionate about God. We preach with compelling speech because we want you to feel compelled. But at the same time, we can't force you to do anything. We want you to serve God. We want you to do it on your own. We don't get points uh, 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 per se in the eyesight of God. For forcing you. Those of us who are teaching the word of God to the fullness of the truth of what the word of God is supposed to be preached. We do it out of love. We do it because the Bible told us to try to snatch people out of the fire, snatch our families out of the fire, snatch friends and neighbors out of the fire. But of course, you get it where you do have those few pastors out there. Well, I shouldn't say few, a lot. Unfortunately, you only have a few pastors out there that are preaching the truth. Majority of the pastors out there aren't preaching the truth. They're out there preaching something that's pleasing to the people. And that's if they're preaching anything at all. Because you got to wear a lot of churches, the pastor don't get up there and preach nothing. You go to the church and the only thing that happens is you sing for three, four hours and the pastor get up and jump around and fall out. And then, you know, they sit around the bucket three, four times and then everybody goes home. And those churches are packed. Those churches are crowded. Those churches are standing room only. But you go to a church where a man of God is preaching the word of God. You've got you've got ample space in that church. You hear a podcast like mine where I'm telling you the truth of the word of God. And, you know, you get it where a lot of people, they hear it, but they don't take heed to it. They may turn it. But you get it where some guys getting up there hooping and hollering and talking about, well, if you send me twenty four ninety five, I can send you this holy water blessed from the city of Jericho. And, and, and They'll like his, his, you know, they'll like his podcast and, and send him money. I'm not asking for donations. I'm not asking you to send me money, but I'm just using this as an example. They'll, they'll, they'll follow that person to the fullest, send him donations and everything else. But a person like me who just wants just to deliver the truth of the word of God to you, who just wants you just to hear the truth for what it is, you know, 
I'm not going to get too many people who wants to follow me. I'm not going to get too many people who want to hear what I got to say because I'm telling you the truth. But this is the reason why Paul had asked the people in the Bible, he said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? In other words, what he's asking, like, you know, you don't like me because I'm telling you the right way to go. You got a lot of people, you got a lot of people, majority of the people swear up and down that they want to make it to heaven. But you won't listen to a man like me who can tell you how to get there. No, you go listen to this other person who wants to tell you, oh, well, you know, they'll, they'll tell you lies or they'll only tell you one side of God. No, I'm going to tell you both sides of God. And the reason why I'm going to tell you both sides of God, is because, yes, you need to know that there is a God of that, that God is a God of love. And that God is a God of understanding, but you also need to know about this fearful and dreadful side of God so that you know what not to do to fall on that side. All these churches and all these phony pastors are out here preaching on the one side of God. And then, then when people go and they die and they wind up in hell, they try to figure out what, what did I do to get down here? You fell on the angry side of God somewhere. And a lot of times it's because you weren't keepers of his word. You might have loved him, but you didn't love him to the fullness. Because if you love God to the fullness, you'll keep his commandments. Loving God and keeping the word of God, keeping his commandments, as he said in this scripture, both work hand in hand. This is the reason why it is so important to not only study for yourself, but get in the right kind of church. A church that's going to teach you about both sides of God. A church that's going to teach you the fullness of the truth of the word of God. They're not going to cut corners. If the Bible says that you cannot, uh, uh, that man should lay with man and woman shouldn't lay with woman, that's what that pastor is going to tell you. If the Bible tells you that you can't hate people, that's what that pastor is going to tell you. If the Bible says you have to serve God with a pure heart, that's what that pastor is going to tell you. And that what is and not only is that what he's going to tell you, that is what he is going to enforce. So you got a lot of churches, they may even teach all this stuff, but they don't enforce it. They may teach that you can't be in adultery. They may teach that you can't be in fornication, but then they find out that people in the church are involved in these things and they don't say nothing about it. That's still just as bad as you. What's happening, everybody? It is Reverend Lyle Lewis, a.k.a. Sean Luke, coming at you one more time. I thank you all for tuning in on today, uh, this Good Friday. Um, I understand that, you know, with all the epidemic that's going on in the world, um, you know, it's a crucial time for people to hear the word of God. And this is the reason why I wanted to come to you. And I definitely wanted to get online and just give a word of encouragement. I wanted to encourage you all that are listening to me to... Make sure that you continue to stay in the will of God. See, a lot of times, a lot of people will see epidemics like this, whether it's a global epidemic or whether it's a statewide epidemic or a countrywide epidemic. And it brings a lot of questions. Why is this happening? When will it stop? Will it affect me? If you stay in the will of God, these are questions that you don't really have to ask. And I say that 
because of this. When you're in the will of God, you understand that whatever happens to you happens within the will of God, meaning it was part of God's plan for you. There's a lot of people out there who have caught coronavirus. Some of them are Christians. You know, does that worry me? No, because a Christian with knowledge and I'm not saying this to be insulting, but a Christian with knowledge understands that either this is a test or this is just how God wanted to call them home. So you got to understand when you see when you're in the will of God, God will make sure that you have the proper knowledge and understanding of how things work in your life, how things work according to you. See, a lot of times you get to where people will do things like they pray for stuff or, you know, they fast for things or, you know, all these other kinds of things. You know, they 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 go after things in God. And then when they don't get them, they want to sit up and they want to question God. Why? Well, number one, are you in the will of God? You know what I'm saying? Being in the will of God, you know, yes, it's part of prayer. It's prayer is part of it. Studying is part of it. You know, you know, these things are part of it. But at the same time, uh, your lifestyle is, is the biggest part of it. You know what I'm saying? Are you giving and rendering your body as a living sacrifice unto the Lord? Holy and acceptable unto the Lord. These things matter. These things count. And if you're not, then you're basically stripping yourself of full benefits of God. See, when you're in the will of God, and that's what the basic uh, topic of this lesson is, is, is in the will of God. When you're in the will of God, you know, I'm not saying that everything is just going to 100 percent work for you. Yes, we all have our days where everything just goes haywire and, and crazy and things just, you know, they, it's, you know, you can't keep from bouncing off the wall. We all have those days. We all have those times and periods in life where things just don't make sense. Where We're just constantly trying to figure out how the hell did this happen to me? But when you're in God and when you're in the will of God. See, you got a lot of people who are just in God, but they're not in the will of God. What do you mean they're in God, but not in the will of God? Meaning they're in God, meaning they're saved, but their mind isn't regulated. Their faith isn't up to par. You know what I'm saying? Can these things hinder you? Yes, they can. Can they cause you not to go to heaven? Well, it depends on if you allow these things to wind up driving you off in the sin. It depends on if these things wind up driving you off in the backsliding. It depends on if these things wind up departing you from God. These are the types of things that you got to understand. When you're in the will of God, you have full knowledge, understanding. You've got a, a, a full competency of what's going on and why it's happening. The question you ask, you're, some of you are probably asking me is like, if you're saying that you're probably asking me like, if you are in the will of God and you say that you would have this, how do you get it? You get it through the word of God. This is the reason why the Bible talks about, you know, you'll find comfort in the scriptures. The word of God will give you knowledge and understanding. The word of God will give you a peace of mind. And if you don't get me wrong, everybody doesn't understand the word of God. But this is the reason why it's important to have somebody. And this is what you'll always hear me say. You will always hear me say this in almost every message. This is the reason why it is so important to have somebody who is tied in 
to God, somebody who is tied into the spirit of God, a pastor of some kind who knows God, knows the will of God, who is going to constantly, they're going to constantly seek after God and be in studying and prayer so that then this way they can forever deliver a message unto you. That's somebody like me. That's somebody like my pastor. I'm constantly in meditation of the scriptures. I'm constantly studying the scriptures. I'm constantly in contact with God. I'm constantly listening to my pastor so I can learn things that maybe I might have missed. And in the process of doing that, I can give a lot of knowledge. The question is, is like, why haven't you been doing the show a lot? of? I've been doing a lot of other things uh, ministry wise, you know, um, it's not necessary. I don't have time. I just want to. I wind up allowing myself to become overwhelmed, you know, but, you know, as time goes on, I'm perfecting things and I'm working on my time so that then this way I can give more time to preaching in the ministry so that then this way I can give more time to reaching out to souls. So you got to understand, like I said, when you have the full knowledge of God and you are in the will of God, you grow in full knowledge of how things work in God. Everything doesn't always work necessarily to our advantage. But, and when I say it doesn't necessarily work to our advantage, I don't necessarily mean like for the long run. I mean like today. You know what I'm saying? Maybe today doesn't work to your advantage, but somehow, some way, the Bible, like the Bible says, all things work to the advantage of the saints. You know, I'm probably paraphrasing, but you know, the Bible does say that, you know, things work to the advantage of those that believe and trust in the Lord. So while it may not work to your advantage today, you got to understand it'll work for your advantage tomorrow. Why? Hey, it might put money in your pocket, but on a better note, it may put faith in, 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 in your heart, in your mind. It may give you a peace of mind. It may give you peace uh, uh, within your spirit. It may help give you a better understanding of what's going on. So you got to understand there's a lot of people out here with money and with this and with that. They got all these material possessions. That doesn't mean anything up against the epidemic that we're facing now. That doesn't mean anything against any other disease that they may have. Sure, they may be able to pay for the medical treatment, but if it's in the will of God for them to pass, there's not a there's not there's not one dime that they have that can save them. There's no jewelry, there's no status, there's no fame, there's no movie, there's no video, there's nothing out there that can save them if God's will is for them to be called home. If God's will is for them to stand before him in judgment, that is what's going to happen. I encourage you all that truly do believe in God, that are following the Lord. Those of you who are uh, uh, in the faith, the way that you're supposed to be in the faith through and by the word of God, I encourage you stay in the will of God. I encourage you keep going. I encourage you stay strong in what you believe in God. Stay strong in the word of God. I encourage you because in times like this you have to also be a beacon of hope like I'm a beacon of hope for you. I understand yeah you may say like you know I don't get to hear from you a lot but I assure you there's not a time that I'm not going over messages. There's not a time that I'm not studying the word of God. There's not a time that I'm not working on myself spiritually. You get what I'm saying? So therefore, no matter what's going on, there's always some kind of spiritual turning in me. I'm always keeping things stirred up within me. So that then this way, when I do come with a message, be it far and few between or be it every week, 
There's times when I'm able to deliver a message every week and there's times where you may not hear from me for a couple of months. But nonetheless, when I come and I bring the message, when I come and I bring the word of God, I assure you there was a lot of thought put into that message. I assure you there was a lot of learning put into that message. I assure you there was a lot of spiritual seeking after God put into that message. So that then this way I can tell you how to stay encouraged. I can tell you how to build in faith. I can tell you how to stay in the will of God. How do we stay in the will of God? Number one, through the word of God. Go and study the word of God. Number two, get under a pastor that has the knowledge of God. Find somebody who has been serving God for several years and they're out there teaching the word of God and they have knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Trust me, if you ask God to direct you, he will help you to find somebody. If you can't find anybody, turn on YouTube. By all means, turn on YouTube. Prophet Willie C. Townsend. Turn him on. Word Evangelistic Church, turn him on. I assure you, there will not be a time that you will not be able to find whatever message you need to find. There will not be a time that you will not be able to get whatever knowledge you need to have. My pastor even started doing something during this whole epidemic thing where, you know, he has where um, he's having people to call in. So that then this way, if you have a question, you can call him, ask him. He'll try his best to get to it because, you know, we get a lot of callers. He'll try his best to go ahead and answer as many questions as he can. And he'll answer them not according to his opinion, his feelings, his emotion, what he thinks. No, according to the word of God, that's how he's going to answer. Them. That's how he taught me to teach you all. Not according to my feelings, not according to what I think, but according to the word of God. I stay in the will of God. By number one. Staying in the word of God. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly meditating. I'm constantly listening to my pastor. And I'm constantly processing these things. Not processing them because I'm trying to challenge them. But processing them to put them in my heart. Processing them to put them in my mind. Processing them to use them to fight against Satan. Processing them because when different times happen, I need to know what scripture to pull up. I need to know what message to use. I need to know what message to turn to. I need to know what teachings to give to other people when they have questions to ask me. See, my ministry never stops. You know what I'm saying? My pastor was saying uh, he actually delivered a message today. He was saying that, you know, a, a minister is going to make full proof of his ministry. And that is what I've been doing. Yeah, I understand, you know, with, you know, I may not always be preaching, but there's always somebody I'm giving counseling to them. I'm telling them I'm encouraging them. I'm telling them keep going. I'm telling them you're doing a great job or I'm telling them, hey, look, you need to get back in God. There's always something that I am doing, ministering to somebody somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, I stay in the will of God by keeping the gift that God has given me stirred up. I stay in the will of God by keeping what God has given me in proper action. Because it's like he said, be instant in season and out of season. Meaning I'm ready to preach at the drop of a hat. I'm ready to give the word at the drop of a hat. I'm ready to encourage somebody at the drop of a hat because that is what my office is. That's me staying in the will of God. So number one, I do it by, by, by the studying of the word of God. Number two, I stay in the will of God by living the word of God. Now, what's the difference between studying the word of God and living the word of God? Anybody can read the word of God. You got millions of people out there reading the Bible, but it's not doing them any good because they're not living the word of God. 
They're not living what the Bible told them to do. They're not living what their pastor is teaching them to do. They're doing things their way. I'm living the word of God. A lot of people want to live out religious times or they want to live out religious rituals and then use that as a means to say, I have God. Forget the rituals. Forget the, all that stuff. Where does your lifestyle line up with the word of God? You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, Easter's coming up, right? Okay. Say, for instance, that they didn't shut churches down. How many people would be going to church on Sunday? Who never been who, who any other part of the year don't go. But those would be the people who talk about they pray, they study, they this, they that, and God. No, no. See, I stay in the will of God because I stay at the feet of God forever, hungering and thirsting after the righteousness and the word of God. I stay after I stay within the will of God because I live the word of God. The word of God told me that I should always come. And fellowship with the saints that I should always come and sit at the feet of a man who can teach me the right ways of God. See, when you look at the, the apostles and the disciples of these prophets and of Jesus Christ and of the apostles, you look at these people, they were always around these disciples and these apostles. So then this way, whenever they started teaching, they would write this stuff down. Whenever they started teaching, they would take it in and put it in their hearts so they can convert it. And uh, 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 like Paul told Timothy, convert what I told you into faithful men. Take what I told you and tell the others. Tell other people. I go to church to learn how to be righteous, how to be holy, how to stay in the will of God. I'm not just studying my Bible. No, I'm holy and righteous also because I live the word of God. That's how you achieve holiness and righteousness, which is staying in the will of God. See, a man that's holy and righteous, how are you going to be out of the will of God? Look at all men who were holy and righteous in the eyesight of God, not in their own eyesight. I'm not holy and righteous in my own eyesight. I'm not holy and righteous in my own mind. I'm holy and righteous according to the word of God because the word of God has given me instructions on what to do. So I live out those instructions. Number three, how do I stay in the will of God? You got to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You got to have faith. You got to have it. A lot of people ask, what is faith? I can give you the definition that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's great. But what is faith? Faith is action. Faith is work according to what you have heard, according to what you have studied, according to what you have been taught. What am I saying? For example, we'll start with something simple. If the word of God tells you don't steal and you're somebody who steals, you put faith in the word of God and say the word of God told me not to steal. So I'll put faith in God that whatever it is that I, that if I want to steal this lady's purse, I'm just going to put faith in God. I'm not going to steal it. I'll put faith in God that whatever it is that I was stealing her purse for, the Lord will provide me for. The Lord will provide me. Like, I'm just saying, if you're somebody, you're out there. I'm not saying that this is the case with everybody. I'm just using that as an example. If you're somebody who's out there stealing people's money. Because you don't have a job and you just, this is the best way you, this is the only way you know how. You would put faith in God by saying, okay, Lord, if you told me not to steal, I'm not. But I look to you 
to provide my every need. I look to you to provide a way to get my bills paid, to pay, to feed my kids, to pay rent, whatever the case may be. I look to you to provide that. Now, that's your, that's the first part of your faith with the request of prayer. The part of faith that is actually showing that you have faith, like Jesus, like not Jesus, but like James said, faith without works is dead. You get up and go look for you a job. You get up and you go and find something that's illegal, not illegal, something that's legal for you to sell. You walk out of the door and go buy, you know, a box of candy and you start selling candy to people because you, hey, uh, this is what I'm going to do until the Lord help and the Lord get behind it. Next, you know, you start selling it. The Lord gets behind it, give people to make donations and things like that. Now you're not robbing people no more and the Lord is providing for you. There's different ways. See, like I said, works is what faith is operation of something not just you sitting around saying i hope and i wish and i hope and i wish and i know the lord will provide for me because i hope and i wish that according to my faith no it is your action in what you believe that is what faith is See, you have faith in being just a word and a definition, and you have actual faith, which is actually living faith of you taking action and doing something that is going to get in the way of God. See, faith is not just you just talking it. No, faith is you trying to find a way to get in the way of God. Faith is you saying, okay, this is what I'm going to trust you for. Now, you actually acting on that by getting in the way of God some kind of way according to what you ask God for or what you're trusting in him for. If you need a, 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 a way to provide for your family, you go out there and go look for a job or go look for a better job or go look for a better way to do things. If you need something done for yourself, if you need a healing, you get in the way by, okay, I'm going to go to these doctor's appointments. I'm going to take the medication. But as time goes on, I'm going to trust God that he's going to heal my body. As time goes on, things will come to your mind. Try this. Do this. Go according to that. Okay, you'll do that. Okay, Lord, I'm going to try this. If it's not for me, I need you to help me and show me that this isn't for me. You'll be doing things. Doing. It won't just be a request. It will be something you are doing. Faith without works is dead. The next part, what was that? I think that was number three. Number four, obedience to the word of God. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, notice in all of this, I never said that, you know, I, I never incorporated prayer in any of this. Notice what I said. I said that I know I was talking about prayer uh, when I was talking about faith. You know, I was talking about the, you know, when you make your requests and whatnot. But notice in all of these steps, I got four steps. Um, uh, 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 study in the word of God, being obedient to the word of God, faith in the word of God and act faith in acting on the word of God and, and what you believe and what you're going after God for. But notice I didn't say prayer. I just said faith in what you're going after God for. And the fourth thing I said is obedience. Now, why isn't prayer in any of that? Prayer is a request. Prayer is just that's that's all that it is. It's just you putting in a request to God, you asking God for something or you giving Thanksgiving or in a lot of people's cases, you going to God to complain. Don't do that, especially in times like this. This is not time to go and complain to God. You go to God with your concern. You know, you let God know, hey, Lord, I got this concern. But then in the process, you doing it, you put, you let God, hey, Lord, I got this concern. See me through it. I trust you for it and leave it there. 
Don't go to God. Well, well, this happened and they're doing this and oh my God and this and that. Just Lord, I don't know why this is going on on my job, but I trust that you'll see me through it and leave it at that. But like I said, prayer is not a part of this number because prayer is just requests. Obedience is number four. Because a lot of people will try to skip over everything and go to God in prayer. No. Praying to God does not keep you in the will of God. Because you got a lot of people who are asking, Lord, keep me in your will. And then he sends them. You know what he does? He sends them the word of God. I got the word of God as number one and number two. Study the word of God and be obedient to the word of God. You know what I'm saying? Live the word of God. So basically, number two and number four are pretty much almost the same. They're pretty much the same thing. Live the word of God was the same thing as being obedient. Why did I separate them? To make sure that you understand just how important obedience is. Obedience is something that you have to. It, it's, it, it is crucial for you to be obedient to the word of God. Not just the written word of God, but the oral word of God to those of you who have a pastor that's tied into the spirit of God. That's truly preaching the truth. It is crucial. It is It is a, it is a blow. It is a death blow to those who are not. If you are not obedient, that is you're just basically killing yourself. Especially if you're somebody of the household of faith. See, this is the reason why I make sure that every chance I get, hey, I get on anchor, you know, despite me running my own business, despite me uh, 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 ministering in other areas, despite me working jobs, I do my best to make sure no matter what, I stay in right standing with God through obedience. If my pastor gives me instruction, tells me to do something, be it something that's out and openly in the church or be it something that's inwardly on a spiritual level within myself, I make sure to do whatever I I have to do to come up to that because that is a key thing in being obedient and staying. I mean, and, and, and that is a key thing. Obedience is a key thing and staying in the will of God. If I'm not obedient, I, I'm, I, I, that right there puts me outside of the will of God because if, I'll put it to you like this. If the instructions are that cars heading north drive in the right lane and cars heading south drive in the left lane you say I'm going to drive north but I'm going to drive north in the left lane are you being obedient well I was told to go north yeah but look at how you're doing it you're doing it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a horrible way that's going to wind up getting you hurt Notice how you look through the Bible. Look at how people did not follow the word of God. Notice how people did not obey instructions of the word of God. And it cost them dearly. They got hurt. They got killed. They had things stripped from them. You know what I'm saying? All kinds of stuff that happened to these people. All of this because they did not do something basic, which is just listen to instruction and do the instructions. All of it ties back to the word of God. Because that's what you have to be obedient to. The word of God. Well, no, I just have to be obedient to God. God is the word of God. Well, I got to be obedient to my pastor. Your pastor should be preaching the word of God. Everything that he bases everything off of should be based off of the word of God.
So whatever it is that you're doing, if it's outside of the will of God, it's not obedience. And if it's not obedience, you're setting yourself up for something horrible. You got to make sure that you stay within the will of God through obedience. See, you look at there's there's, there's, uh, uh, there's a story in the Bible where it's not a story that actually happened. But I just say, you know, I don't I don't mean, to, you know, make it seem like the, the Bible is just a book. And, you know, a lot of time I got to be careful in what I say, because a lot of people, you know, they take things the wrong way. Um, but. There's just there's a, a, a situation that happened in the Bible, put it like that. There's a situation that happened in the Bible where uh, this man goes. He was a great man and, and he went to one of the prophets. He had leprosy and he said, hey, I, you know, he went to the gate and, you know, he went knocking on the gate. And he was like, you know, he was waiting for the prophet to come out. The prophet sent one of his servants out. And he gave the servant, the prophet gave the servant instructions and said, tell him to go dip in the muddy waters of Jordan seven times. The man got upset. First and foremost, why are you saying, why is this man sending a servant to me? And secondly, why is it he's telling me to go and dip in the muddy waters of Jordan when you've got several other bodies of water around here that are far better? He walked away mad. One of this great man's servants actually had to stop him and say, hold it, dude, wait a minute. You came to the prophet for instruction. If the prophet tells you to do something, it probably would be best that you just do it. In other words, what he was saying, drop your pride. Be obedient. Drop your pride. Do things the right way, according to the word of God. And that's what happens with a lot of people today. People either have pride and want to do things their way or they have their own mind and they want to do things their way. Lack of understanding and they want to do things their way. Listening to other people and they want to do things their way. Listening to mind demons and they want to do things. Hold it. What did the word of God say? If the word of God said don't commit fornication and adultery, then when somebody says when you're uh, uh, fiance says we should move in together then uh, shouldn't that send off a red flag if we live together then it's a good possibility we're going to wind up committing fornication so no that's a bad idea if the bible says don't go around nothing that wars against your flesh and you're a recovering alcoholic shouldn't it tell you that hey if i want to go get me a soda i shouldn't stop at the liquor store to get me a soda maybe i should go to a grocery store go somewhere where they don't sell alcohol just flat out in the open where i can just bypass that you get what i'm saying the bible tells us things it gives us instructions on how to do things but because we try to go at it at our own understanding or we try to justify ourselves or we try to listen to other people or we try to mix what we know was from the word of god with what other people say to somehow water it down to make it uh, uh good enough for us to take it you know what i'm saying you get it where people water like how people water down alcohol because it's too strong they they can't drink it as it is so they water it down so then this way they can drink it or or they water down medication well in the end yeah it still may have effects but it's weaker you get what i'm saying you still may and i'm i don't condone drinking but i'm just using it as an example 
You water down alcohol, yeah, you'll still get drunk, but you won't get as drunk as you would if you, uh, you get what I'm saying? Like, okay, you buy a bottle of 100 proof and you water it down to 50 proof. Yeah, you're still going to get drunk, but you ain't going to get as drunk as you would if you had the 100 proof. You get what I'm saying? Again, I do not condone drinking. I'm not, I just use that as an example. I'm not saying go out there and test this. You know, like, he said be obedient, so let's, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, like I said, I just use that as an example. It's the same way with the word of God. You cannot, if the Bible tells you don't commit fornication, that doesn't mean don't commit fornication unless you're engaged. No, it says don't commit fornication, period. Those of you that are out there engaged, you are engaged to the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams. No, that doesn't mean like, oh, it's okay for us to have sex because we're engaged. No, the Bible said uh, everything, the marriage bed, the marriage bed is undefiled, not the engagement bed. It said the marriage bed. When the ring gets put on and the and the minister or the judge is standing there before you saying, do you, do you, I now pronounce you, then. But not, not, not until. That's obedience. Following it to the T. Not trying to just do a little bit to get by. Because if you're doing just a little bit to get by, you're not doing it at all. Not only does God love a cheerful giver, he loves a cheerful, he loves somebody who cheerfully does what he has them to do. If he tells you not to do it, you're like, hey, I happily don't do that. I'm not going to mess up with God. You know what I'm saying? Stay out of the way of God. If this epidemic is truly the hand of God, I believe it is. But, you know, you believe what you want to. If this epidemic of the coronavirus is truly the hand of God, I do what I can to stay out of the will of God. There are some times where I'll push the envelope and say, hey, I know the Lord's got me. I'm not worried about it. But when you got it on a global scale like this, am I worried about it? No. Do I fret about it? No. Do I sit up at night like, oh, my God, what am I going to do if I catch it? No. But at the same time, I stay out of the way of God. Okay, Lord, I'm going to put my gloves on. I'm going to put on the face mask and then I'm going to go about my business. I'm not going to do anything foolish by testing you or tempting you to give it to me and, and pretending like I just got all this invisible faith. No, if this is happening on this scale, I'm going to be make sure to be weary of I mean, to be not weary, but be cautious of it. But I'm not going to let it bother me. If I get it, I know it's in your will. If I get it, I know that I'm saved. If I get it, I know that my soul has been redeemed. I'm not worried about it. You know what I'm saying? If I die from it, for me to live is Christ. To die is the gain. That's what that is. What keeping that when you have when you are at that level, and then you know you're in. This is what being in the will of God will have you to be. This is how it have you to feel. It'll have you feeling confident in God and in yourself. It'll have you feeling confident of who you are. It'll have you feeling confident of what it is you've got to do and what it is you've accomplished and what you're going to accomplish. It'll have you confident that no matter what is going on out there in the world, no matter what, whether it comes near you or whether it stays far away from you, you already know that no matter what, you're taken care of. If you can feel that way with uh, car insurance, if you can feel that way with life insurance, if you can feel that way with health insurance, that you know that if I die, hey, my family's taken care of, they don't have to pay for my funeral, we'll pay some bills and whatnot, and it's not going to devastate them too much uh, financially. Uh, 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 you know that, okay, I got car insurance. If I hit them or they hit me, hey, you know, we can get the car fixed or we can get it replaced. If you got health insurance, like, hey, if I break my arm and go to the hospital, they cast it up, I know I'll be okay, they'll give me a little settlement to help me pay my bills or whatever why not have that same confidence of your spiritual man 
See, it's one thing to be confident in death as far as like, I know if I die, my family be taken care of. But what about your soul? Staying in the will of God keeps your soul insured. This is Reverend Lyle Lewis. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. You know me. I can go ahead and go on and talk, 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 talk. I can preach for hours. I really can. But, you know, I like to, you know, uh, every time I try to, if I go over an hour, you know, a lot of times the anchor thing doesn't download right. But, hey, again, I thank uh, my sponsors. First and foremost, I thank Anchor they, they buy for providing this free uh, 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 format. For me to go get on here and preach the word of God, I thank my new sponsors, uh, Lou Town Productions. Um, you know, they're they they're a new company. They just they've been out for about a year now, uh, and you know they're you know I've been working with them. They've been working with me. We've been doing a lot of great things together, and they're the ones who helped me. You know, they've been you know giving me a lot of good funding and help and getting you know these messages across because i don't just i don't just preach on anchor you know i i I do other stuff in other ways and so you know you know me i tell you i got a comic book thing going on and blah 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 whether you heard the other one or not you know i'm getting back to that soon i know i keep saying it but eh, it's a work you know but back to the preaching you know uh i thank lou town productions I thank all of my listeners, all of you who sent likes, all of you who, who who like my messages, all of you who made me your favorites. Thank you all. I appreciate you all. I thank God for you all. And I pray that you continue to listen to me. And most importantly, I pray that you listen to my pastor, because if you like what I, I always say, that if you like what I'm saying, you gonna love what that man's got to say. He taught me everything that I know. So, you know, continue to tune into me, continue to look for, uh, um, future projects from me um videos vlogs blogs all the other kind of stuff and continue to tune into anchor you know what i'm saying listen 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 because i got stuff that's going to be coming out very soon and when i say soon i mean like within the next anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks so you know i'm gonna go ahead and you know for right now be pushing out content and then you know we'll see where it goes so thank you all for tuning in hey if you want to check us out you can check us out on the word evangelistic church or check us out at prophet townsend uh you can google us you can check us out on youtube and you can hear the kind of knowledge and 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 messages that we preach to you for free because we want you all to be saved not just people in church, not just members of a church, not just a part of a religion. We want you saved and in God the right way. So until next time, you guys take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy. God bless.